Welcome to Know Thy Trauma, a podcast by Wellspring Solutions Counseling Services. We are a group of therapists located in a small town in eastern Pennsylvania dedicated to helping people heal the loss and trauma that is part of the human experience. The content in today's episode can be potentially triggering, so please use discretion as you listen. If you find yourself triggered, we encourage you to pause it, engage in something that soothes you, and return when you're ready. And as always, we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Today we're going to be talking about Know Thy Attachment Style. My name is Sharon Wegman and I'm a licensed professional counselor. I'm Kate. I am almost licensed, but I have my master's in counseling, well, community counseling and trauma. I'm Kayla. I'm a licensed social worker. We've been doing a series on understanding how our history impacts our present. Um, And today we've talked about what is trauma, which is all the losses. And then in podcast two of this particular series, we talked about understanding our parents' trauma and how it impacts us. And today we want to talk about how your attachment style impacts all of the things that we need to understand regarding trauma. Mm -hmm. Because losses are different depending on your your attachment style. Mm -hmm. So what might trigger one person doesn't trigger another person based on their attachment style. We're going to talk about um, what attachment is, and we're taking this from the theory of Bowlby. If you look that up, you can understand Bowlby's attachment theory. And he developed, he studied, and he looked at styles of attachment and how it impacted the child. Mm. So this is really gearing ourselves to the first three years of life. This is how we parent. This is how we attune to the baby um, when and the toddler and what that looks like. And so we're going to be talking about that today because it's really important because it's how we filter our world is Mm -hmm. through that attachment style. Yeah, I think and I think the attachment styles are helpful because it's just relatable, like another way to like understand maybe why you feel triggered and it might even be helpful if this is the first episode you're listening to to maybe even listening to knowing thy parents trauma because mm-hmm. that has a lot to do with our attachment styles too so absolutely just a little plug in there um and so what does that look like uh we thought of if you do anything in regards to psychology in college or grad school you learn about Bulby and another name that came up for us was um harlow which we had to look up to make sure the right person was talking about the right theory. (laughs) So this one is about how he did an experiment with monkeys. I believe they had a, like a soft felt like monkey and then they had a wired monkey and how each monkey survived differently with those two different styles of mother. So meaning like the soft one was, you know, you could snuggle with, you could, you know, feel comforted by. And that monkey was essentially healthier and happier and felt safer Mm -hmm. in its environment. And the wired cold monkey was not something the younger monkey could attach to. So he was visibly much more miserable in his environment. 
something that I just thought of is I think another piece of that, if I remember correctly, was the wired monkey had the milk and oh. the soft monkey didn't have the milk. Interesting. And I forgot about that. So there's this really heartbreaking picture. If you look it up, this monkey mm-hmm. is, this baby monkey is clinging to the soft mother mm-hmm. and, um, like reaching out with just like his mouth trying to right. get the milk. Right. And one thing that came to mind when I'm hearing you say that and something that I think that we've talked quite a bit about is a lot of times I think it's really easy for us to dismiss our own trauma with mm-hmm. our parents because we think, well, my basic needs were taken care of. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I always had food on the table. I always had clothes. I had a good roof over my head. Mm-hmm. But what we really failed to understand is, um, that attachment there, that emotional aspect, if that's not there, that that can be very, very traumatic, regardless if we had all of our physical needs met. Yeah, that's that's really good. I think if you look it up on YouTube, actually, they mm-hmm. have a lot of, like, snippets of documentaries about it. Um, so you'll probably be able to picture more of the details that we're talking about. Yeah. And so how that re- relates to attachment is, again, what the monkeys were able to, how they were able to thrive versus not thrive yes. in their environment as they got older. So... I wanted to go over the five A's. So what are the five things that cho- that we need as children in order to securely attach? So affection, affirmations, attunement, affect regulation, and attention. What do they mean? Affection, that's pretty obvious, right? So are we, yeah, are we getting hugs? Are we getting kisses? Are we getting pats on the back? Is it a warm, friendly, or is it very cold and distant? Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Sharon, you made a point to say that we're kind of focusing on that first zero to three, like, were there cuddles? Was mm-hmm. the baby left to kind of just chill on his own? Mm-hmm. Or was there um, a lot of physical affection there? Was the baby held just for the sake of being held and to be enjoyed and to stared at even yes like eye contact absolutely Mm -hmm. um which is the attunement oh yeah i jumped in (laughs) no it's all good it's it's all good information so yeah as my parent um is the parent distracted during those times sharon i know when we were talking about this you brought up technology nowadays Mm -hmm. it's really easy for parents to zone out on their phones especially you know that's just our culture now Mm -hmm. yeah I was I was telling you that when I when I had babies Mm -hmm. there was no social media Mm -hmm. so I either looked at the child Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) or tried to read I will say at three o'clock in the morning I was watching tv while I was doing that (laughs) because I didn't want them stimulated yes (laughs) right right so I uh, it was easier for me than I think it is in today's culture. Yeah. It's true. I actually had to be, I don't mind sharing this, I had to be very, there are times I would catch myself where I'm like, I have to force myself to put my phone down, if I'm honest, to not mm-hmm. just like, because like, you know, you got mom brain, you're tired, you're foggy, you kind of want to zone out. Yeah. But like realizing, um, I remember someone had told me like, you know, if you're breastfeeding or even when you're bottle feeding, that's almost the only exact distance the baby can see in that moment. Mm. So that baby can actually make, like, out what your face looks like. And so yes. I, I try to keep that fact in my head that, like, okay, by looking at him, you know, I'm engaging. But it is really difficult now with so many distractions. Yes, it is. Um, 
And so I guess we kind of say that to just like as a, you know, a reminder that we understand the distractions. And so it's helpful to know mm-hmm. why it's important to be like, okay, I need to yeah. put and, this down. And no shame if you didn't no, do any of that. We'll talk about that later. Absolutely. <laughs> that almost feels like the attention too. Mm-hmm. Like how much attention are we able to get? How mm-hmm. aware are, or even go back to the attunement, how aware are my parents of my feelings? Am, am I sitting here crying, 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 being told, uh, you're fine, just forget it. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of the, like, cry it out methods, I think, you know, we can kind of struggle with that attunement and that responsiveness. Um, affect regulation. So am I, as the parent, able to stay calm and collected when the child is not calm and collected. Mm -hmm. So if we had a parent who became emotionally escalated every time that we had an emotional reaction, that's, that's not affect regulation. It's not safe. So it's not safe at all. So then a lot of times what we find, and we'll continue to have this conversation, but I can't have an emotion because my emotions trigger my parents' emotion and now I'm responsible for managing my parents' emotion because mm-hmm. their their feelings are so big, I there's no space for my emotion. And then the uh, affirmations. Am I allowed to feel how I feel? Am I being validated? Am I being seen? Am I being heard? That's yeah. Good. And I think we say that no one does any of this stuff perfectly. Oh my gosh, no. It's like really difficult. <laughs> But, no. So it's like we have to remember to have grace with ourselves oh in gosh, the areas yeah. where we're like I can look at this list and like oh I could see where I could fall weaker in some of these and stronger mm-hmm. in others. Some are mm-hmm. easier because of what we know from our own parenting versus you know so it's just yeah. we say these things and that they're not easy to constantly maintain no. all the time. <laughs> you know we are human to yeah. err is human. What is that second half of that saying? To forgive is divine. I think. Sure. Okay. So. <laughs> Sounds like you got. It. <laughs> I think I don't know it actually. <laughs> but when we're looking at some of these, one of the like we we are human and we're going to mess these up. But are we willing to repair? Mm-hmm. And that's the other piece of that is how willing it were our parents to repair with us. Right. How willing are we able to repair mm-hmm. in our relationships with our children and with others? Because the fact of the matter is that by our own very nature of being human, we're going to cause harm. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's inevitable. It is inevitable. But it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. It can be fixed. It can be healed. So um, we talked about the five A's, mm-hmm. which is affection, affirmation, attunement, <laughs> affect reg- regulation, which is feelings, and attention. But Kayla and I were talking about it, and we were like, that's basically the five love languages. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people understand the five love languages and what how they like to feel loved. And we were just talking about often we'll see with our clients how it's what they're used to. Um, so say a child grows up in a home where they're hugged a lot, and then they go to an environment where they're not hugged a lot. They feel very insecure in that because they need that touch as part of what they got that made it feel safe. Um, so, and Or on the opposite end of the spectrum, if I've never received um, physical touch, there could be a desire as I heal to want more of it because I feel how my body feels different when I get that physical touch. But sometimes people who aren't used to physical touch don't necessarily feel it comfortable until they start to heal. Mm-hmm. And then as they start to heal, 
they see how it affects their body and they want more of it. So a lot of the five love languages that we talk about a lot are um, very based on attachment theory. So affection is that physical touch. Um, affirmation is so important for people to feel like this is where my place in the world is. This is what I'm good at. Um, attunement is that time spent love mm. language. Mm-hmm. Um, affect regulation is, um, we just kind of talked about it as acts of service. A parent who is capable of continuing to engage in giving care without being completely bowled over by mm-hmm. it. Um, and attention w- would be gift gift giving on, mm-hmm. on some level. And so what we were also talking about before we had this discussion is that Kate and I were just saying, like sometimes when people are more triggered by their personal traumas, they're more likely to be more in touch with that, that need mm-hmm. than if they're not triggered. So, right. So on some level you are, you can operate when things are going seemingly well and less stressful in this type of secure attachment, which we'll get into like mentality where you're feeling pretty confident and safe within yourself. But then when something gets triggered, these other attachment styles pop up that have more so some negative effects on us that Mm -hmm. we're about to get into. Yep. Um, and so again, like Sharon said at the beginning, this is all through the work of Bulby. Um, if you want to learn more, I, there, we were even just talking, there is a quiz you can take on your attachment style. Mm -hmm. There is a quiz. But if you do feel triggered by that quiz, when you get your results, maybe go see a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go see a therapist. Yeah, it's, um, (laughs) it's hard sometimes, because I think when you don't, you don't think about this stuff, and then you get an information overload. Mm -hmm. Um, our brains kind of go every which way. So the first one we're going to talk about is called disorganized attachment. So we kind of talked about this one as like maybe someone that's been in a very chaotic environment. And I, when I think of disorganized attachment, I want to have a lot of grace for those, for people in chaotic environments that feel like they don't have a choice. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. of maybe like a single mom who has to work a certain amount of hours in the week just to meet ends meet to provide those essential needs for her kids. Um, But that might look like, you know, maybe she is um, extremely just tired all the time, home here and there. Maybe you stay at grandma's where you get a lot of love and support and then you go home and mom's really tired but she's doing the best she can. So that just creates a lot of um, disorganized, exactly how it sounds honestly, disorganized attachment because it's all which, which over the words. <laughs> it's all everywhere. So confused on how to attach due to that chaos, the parent who does not know how to engage can be scared or anxious. And again, it's how do we parent with what we know? We often call the holidays the most wonderful time of the year, but are they really? Trying to organize events with different sides of the family, hosting and preparing meals, juggling kids, there can be a lot of expectations to meet and potential feelings to get hurt. So many people feel the stress build up as the holidays get closer. If that feels all too familiar, you're in luck. We've created something special just for you. 
Make this holiday season the most relaxing and peaceful yet with our newest workshop, Navigating the Holidays with Boundaries. Sharon, Kate, and Kayla guide you through all there is to know about boundaries with resources to help you tailor what you learned to your specific situation. This self-led PDF workshop includes a 30-minute video all about boundaries like how to know where you need them and examples of different scenarios, and it comes with resources like a boundary decision tree, journal prompts, worksheets to help you identify your boundaries and create your own personal plan, and more. My personal favorite is the Boundary Phrases menu with examples for nearly every scenario. Visit our website, wellspringssolutions.com, to purchase your digital copy. You know, so, and maybe, I again, that sentence reminds me of someone who has a baby really young or someone who's on their own. It's very scary and anxious, like, idea to bring a baby into this world. And so we have a lot of um, empathy and grace for all of these because a lot of them are not by choice. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Um, none of them. None of them are, yeah. So, um, and then possibly passive and negligent, which I think you will see pop up in the other attachment styles, a lot of passive passivity and negligent of needs. Um, so disorganized is exactly how I sound when I'm talking about it. <laughs> all over the place there's no boundaries no boundaries and I think it's that chaoticness of like maybe you have boundaries at grandma's house Mm -hmm. and you have a nap time and you have snack time and there's a yes and a no to things and then when we're at maybe mom's house or dad's house it's kind of a free-for-all I'm just thinking of some stories that I've heard especially from kiddos whose parents split up pretty young Mm, and whose mm -hmm. parents had really different parenting styles so what can I expect at dad's house versus what can I expect at mom's house and when they're like way completely different it's a child's brain isn't able to bounce back and forth like that and it just gets completely confused and everything another style is avoidant um and we were talking about well we were saying how this is a really common attachment style in men, and we were kind of exploring, okay, why do we find this in men particularly? Um, because it's really categorized by being emo- emotionally withdrawn and kind of the denial of needs. Mm. So when we think about different gender roles and different things that come from a patriarchal society of what's what what is okay for a baby boy to do versus what is okay for a baby girl to do um i think we start denying uh, generally speaking boys experiences that their needs are denied very early on Mm. compared to girls Mm. of this idea of boys don't cry you need to suck it up you need to toughen up you need to do this you need to do that and we really limit the definition of what uh, masculinity looks like and we kind of pigeonhole men into this idea that uh, masculinity looks like that cold quiet stoic um, rock of a person who has no needs Um, And a lot of times we see that happen because their needs were denied as a child. Mm -hmm. So if a person, 
I'll bring it back to all genders because it's not just men. We see it more typically in men, but women are absolutely Mm -hmm, able to um, have this avoidant attachment style too. If children are told at a very early age, you know, you're... (laughs) If the message is your needs don't matter or you need to be quiet every time you're expressing a need, the message comes across of my needs aren't able to be met. My needs are not worthy of being spoken. My needs aren't going to be met. So I will cut off um, my needs entirely. I will either meet them independently in a fantasy world that I've created in my Mm. own brain. I will check out and I will meet them by myself or I will completely cut off the ability to say safely it because it's not safe to even admit that we have a need mm-hmm. yeah it just reminds me of a very like independent child or mm-hmm. like you know in this expectation that they're good they got it yes um, they're not a danger to themselves because they're such a good baby even mm-hmm. uh that's what i think of sometimes yeah so sometimes that good child has to continue to be that good child, repress feelings, not have needs in order to fit what the parent needs. Right, Mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. Um, The next one that we want to talk about is anxious ambivalent. And what the word ambivalent, which sometimes I have to explain to my clients, is when I have two conflicting emotions at the exact same time. At the exact same time, I love my dad is the exact same time I find I hate his guts. Exact same time I love my mom is the exact same time she creates a lot of anxiety in me. That's what anxious ambivalent is all about. It's very conflicting feelings about the safety and connection that you build with mom or dad or both. Maybe both of them are inconsistent. Maybe one of them's more inconsistent. Um, but that ambivalence is I never know what I'm going to get. And as a child, you're not allowed to express, I don't like you, (laughs) right? You're not allowed to say, I hate you. Well, sometimes they do. That's a whole other story, (laughs) right? But, But that's when they're older. When you're younger, you have to love mommy. You have to love daddy. You're that age. That's what you're told. So what do I do with that anxious, ambivalent? A lot of it turns inward and these individuals become... They can cry a lot, or they can be needy, or they can be very um, self-reliant. So it it doesn't look like one specific thing. It doesn't look with like one specific thing. And I don't know if um, they can be very distant and disengaged, or they can be very emotional. It's just more based on the parenting Mm -hmm. that's happening. Mm -hmm. And the very inconsistent messages. Are we going to all have conflicting messages? Yes. We're going to always have conflicting messages about everybody in our life for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. But as a child, you don't know what to do with that. Um, And then the last one is secure. I I haven't yet. I've yet to meet a whole lot of people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because again, a lot of these things, sometimes it's life stuff that we had talked about in the past podcast that pops up for your parents that get in the way of getting secure attachment, right? So if you had like a parent that lost someone very dear to them during these years, they might just be disengaged because they're grieving. You know, it might be hard or maybe they got sick. Like these are things you can't control. So I think we, we have a hard time coming across people with that 
complete secure attachment because life doesn't stop when you have a baby one mm-hmm. through three. <laughs> no, no. We will see people who have had more security. Right. Um, in their parent style. And often the reason they're in therapy is to deal with the people who did not, mm-hmm. <laughs> who, who they are now in this position of they're in therapy because the other person in their life isn't getting therapy. So, um, we do see secure attachment, but there's, mm-hmm. it's all, everything is on a continuum. Yeah. So a spectrum of, <laughs> yeah, that I wanted to say, I really liked how, when we were talking about this earlier, it's, it's in our healing, we move towards a secure attachment, but depending on what's going on, um, it can be our inner child that gets triggered and that attachment wound that gets triggered. So we can have a, in our healing, a secure attachment 90% of the time, but when we're triggered, that old attachment wound comes forward and it's okay. Now I'm, I'm, now I'm feeling disorganized. Now I'm feeling avoidant. Now Mm -hmm. I'm feeling ambivalent and we have to tend to that. So understanding that it can swing back and forth or be on that, um, spectrum, like you said, it's really not all or nothing with, with mm-hmm. these. Yeah, no, even I, I just did this with you the other week. Yeah, <laughs> I liked that. Something got triggered um, that for a certain time of year for me, and I wasn't aware of it. And I had this dream. And I got very anxious with something regarding Kayla until I figured out, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> None of that is true. Uh, but I had to know my trauma. So my anxiety came down when I realized, no, it's not about Kayla at all. It's about this. And it happened the same time of this year. And there was a lot of anxiety tied to that. Mm-hmm. And I was able to fix that as a result of knowing my trauma. Otherwise, I might have been anxious ambivalent. Yes. <laughs> and I think that's just such a really good point is because when I'm, a lot of times I find myself answering the same question of, okay, well, now that I know this, what do I do about it? And it's really just staying curious. Mm-hmm. It's staying curious and out of judgment. Like, okay, well, what am I thinking and feeling right now? What is being triggered? Um, and how do I lean into that a little bit more to offer that some healing rather than judging it or dismissing it? Absolutely. There's a story behind everything. There really is. There really is. So how do we heal? How do we heal? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> So we identified three different ways um, that uh, we commonly use in our practice with our clients. So the first one is how we love, which is um, a really good couples workbook, book workbook based on attachment theory. Basically what it is, is it breaks it down into four different attachment styles that are very similar to Bulby's styles. Mm Um, And it says, okay, this is based off of how you've answered this quiz. This is your attachment style. This is your partner's attachment style. This is your chaos cycle. Hmm. And this is what it looks like when these two different um, attachment styles come together. And it gives step-by-step instructions on how to understand your own attachment while your partner is understanding their own attachment. And then it also broadens the lens to say, okay, I can understand me in a certain way that now I'm able to understand you in a certain way. So we're able to offer healing, not just to ourselves and our own attachment, 
But when we're able to better understand our partner, we're able to bring healing to them as well. I always say it's the relationships that harm us. It's the relationships that are going to heal us. And this is a really good opportunity for couples who especially are in a particular cycle because we we know uh, we're all married. I'm not saying anything we don't know. It's it's normally the same couple arguments. It's the Mm -hmm. same couple things that are triggered. Mm -hmm. So what I like about this is it digs into like, it's not about the trash. It's not about the dishwasher. It's not about this. It's not about that. It's, it's what that represents to you. And it gets down to that, the root of the issue to help healthy communication and healing communication so that you can better understand self and in return, better understand your partner and have healthier communication. Maybe our next podcast should be Know Thy Partner's Trauma. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay, and that book is called How We Love, and it's by Mylan and Kay Yurkovich. Thank you. Uh, Just Google it. Yeah, it's really popular. Um, Okay, so reparenting self is another way we heal, and I... I asked to talk about this one because I love this one and mm-hmm. I've kind of just been in the thick of doing this for myself in the past um, X amount of years. So I think it for me it's so appealing when you have a hard time having self-compassion. And I think it just feels very um, true when we, when we look at this idea that how can we have compassion towards others and get healthy if we can't have compassion towards ourselves. And how we see the lens of compassion to ourselves is what was taught to us growing up. How how are things communicated? Where am I important? Where am I worthy? Where am I worth time? And so reparenting really just looks like looking at your smaller self, honestly. And I think it's really vulnerable work because we can be 30, 40, 50 years old, older, and still have to talk to our, our little self. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, I, I will always tell clients that come in here um, as a way to relate that, you know, it's funny talking about partner. I can be, you know, in a disagreement with my husband and I and I leave and I'm like, whoa, 15 year old Kate just popped up. <laughs> what is she doing? Yes. And like, what do we, what does she need to hear right now? What didn't she hear? And those are the questions you should ask yourself. What mm-hmm. did I what didn't I get that I can give myself now? As an adult, mm-hmm. because as a child, we had no choice. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of validating. A lot, a lot of, of validating. And that, and, and that really involves relationship choices of choosing healthy people who can be a part of your healing. And here's the scary part. <laughs> if you don't know your attachment style, this could be a whole other podcast. <laughs> You're likely to pick someone very similar to... One of your parents, mm-hmm. unless you've had some healing and you're otherwise you're just kind of like reprogramming. It feels comfortable. It feels great. And it's not really about that. Google Imago therapy. Mm. That's talking about what we're looking to get healed through a person who is very similar to our past and getting trying to get them to give us different than what our parents gave Ooh, us. that is a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No trauma. Okay. So, so, but, but we can rewire the brain when we are with healthy people and when we get our own health. And so what we, what relationship choices looks like is we can rewire our brain by getting a different response mm-hmm. that was not toxic. Mm-hmm. So for example... 
say um, affirmation was used to manipulate you mm. in your childhood, mm-hmm. then anytime you would feel affirmation, you would be more likely to um, be triggered. Right. Which isn't really the purpose of affirmation Absolutely. at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, as we begin to say, repeatedly see over and over, this person's not manipulating me. This person is just affirming me. Mm-hmm. We're slowly rewiring our brain that affirmation does not equal abuse. Affirmation does not equal manipulation. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's the rewiring with safe people that is so healthy. Yeah. And you got to have healthy people in your life. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you're going to stay stuck. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) And it doesn't always feel, like, comfortable. Like, I think that's the thing. You have to keep doing it again and again to tell your brain, right? You've had, you have to remember, you have so many years of your brain thinking Mm -hmm. this feels one way or it's being taught one way. Well, let's say, you know, you're dating someone for two years. Well, what's two years compared to 18 years? Yeah. So you just have to remember it takes time to rebuild that, but it is happening. It is happening. And you can rewire in all kinds of ways. Mm -hmm. All right, so we don't know what our next podcast is because we just threw out all kinds of ideas that apparently triggered all of us. But but uh, keep going in this series because you can see it, it just is layer of layer after layer, layer that as you understand yourself, you can make different choices. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand yourself, you can't. So thank you so much for listening. Yes. See ya. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you're interested in more information, visit our website at wellspringssolutions.com, which is linked in our show notes, along with any resources used in today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to DM us on social media and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Original music featured in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.